You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. Every finish line shouldn't be where you end, right? Like every finish line should just kind of almost push you through to the next start line or the next event or the next race or the next business. And and I've I've you know you can you can almost liken it to riding a bike. You you slow down too much, you fall over. Same thing I think for running. If you slow down, you're going to get passed. You're going to you're going to have a slower time and whatnot. So got to keep yourself moving. So I live by this this idea that a runner is probably the best example of someone that doesn't stop. Like just keep the legs moving, keep the keep the even if it's a shuffle, but you got to keep moving. And and so I've applied that to business, applied that to family life, applied that to everything you can possibly think of. And, and it's led to some success. Other times, maybe I should have stopped <laughs> and, and, and thought some things through. But for the most part, I think I think you're better off just kind of, you know, life's a little too short, I think, you know, to, to be stopping every, every single time, whether you've had a, just a success or a failure moment. Just keep keep moving. That was Frankie Ruiz. This is Marnie Sellup. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hello, welcome, and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. It is officially freezing here in New York City. So I am heading to Miami for a little winter runcation. How about you? Any exciting races lined up for 2022? Maybe some fitness goals, yoga intentions? Bring it on. All right, I am super psyched to bring you my conversation, speaking of Miami, with today's guest, Frankie Ruiz. He is the chief running officer at Lifetime, co-creator of the Lifetime Miami Marathon, and co-founder of Baptist Health Brickle Run Club, the world's largest weekly free run club powered by Nike. In addition, Frankie is also the city of Miami's chief wellness officer and also coaches cross-country at Balin High School, where he has led the team to 12 state championships and won Southeast National Regional Nike NXN title. Frankie and I sync up about where his passion for running began, what he continues to love about the sport, and how just two decades ago, he turned this passion into his career. 2022 is the 20-year anniversary of the iconic Miami Marathon, the race that Frankie co-founded. I get the story on how it started and how it has grown. Frankie shares insight into both the marathon and half marathon race course, the key things runners should know about each distance. We talk hydration, nutrition, and typical temps. Frankie also offers ideas on where to stay, depending on what you're looking for in the city of Miami. I also get the scoop on how, when, and why he started the Baptiste Health Brickle Run Club, 
and how this super fun, very social Tuesday Night Run Club has evolved over the years. Of course, I sync up with Frankie about the exercise and wellness currently fueling him for success. He shares some of the key learnings he takes from the sport of running to his everyday life and career. Before we get moving, shout out to our sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. And use our code CHEERSMARNIE for 25% off. Now, on to my conversation with Frankie. Where did this race begin? How did you decide to start it? Like, what was going on early days I'd I'd uh, I'd love to say that I, you know I had all this vision that 20 years later I was going to be sitting you know having a podcast conversation uh, about the about the Miami Marathon 20 years later I'd be lying if if that was if that was true I mean those those first couple of years we knew we had something special but um, didn't think it was gonna gonna be as as important as it's it's become to people's lives and and to the city um, but when we we got it off the ground Miami was. Uh, steeped in history with running but it just didn't have its own signature city big city race um neither on the half or full marathon side despite in the 70s and 80s having uh, the orange bowl marathon and and some other um kind of half ha- i don't want to call them half attempts but but not the best attempts at 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 relaunching that that excitement that may have occurred during the 70s and 80s when New York was kind of up and coming and and uh, some of the other major cities uh, around the around the world, for that matter, had their their races uh, being launched. I'm not old enough to, to know all that all that uh, history as it as it built up. But right. from reading, it looked like uh, Miami had a chance to, to be pretty, you know, pretty good in terms of distance running um, and then. Somewhere along the way, we lost our way, whether it was because of weather or, or sponsorship. Um, you know, different different people have different tales to tell on that. But we came along in 2003, myself and two partners, with the idea that Miami deserved its its own race. And um, we were inspired by um, uh, a, a particular um, individual named Rudy Garcia Tolson, who's a double amputee um, triathlete, and at the time he was 12 years old, who visited Miami to, to, to run with my high school team. And during that visit, there was a, and I'm really shortening the story here because we, we don't have all, all day to, 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 to hear the whole thing, but, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll say that he visited Miami. And during that visit, there was, a, there was an exchange with the mayor um, where a photo op was, was, uh, was given because this, this, by the way, this triathlete is a double amputee. I mean, just a ball of inspiration. So yeah. everybody wanted to meet him and take pictures with him and whatnot. And and so in one of these meetings or these meet and greets, uh, the conversations had about Miami's running scene and my and and one day maybe you can come back and do the the full marathon here in Miami. And everyone was like, wait, wait a minute, we don't even have one. So from there, basically, we started asking uh, the questions as to why. And and then we started asking the question, why not? And let's bring it back. And we started the Miami Marathon in 2003 with 
3,400 runners. And, uh, and here we are 20 years later with a sold out field and, um, and, and definitely, you know, an accomplished 20 years of, 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 of history for, for a lot of, a lot of folks along yeah. the way. So. I mean, I've run the half marathon twice and I love it. Nice. It is one of my, and I'm sad to say I've only run it twice, but I mean, it, it is one of my favorite half marathons to do. I love running through the streets of Miami Beach and Miami. As a young adult, I spent a lot of time in Miami, uh, mostly at nightclubs and staying out all night. So it's really nice to see the city in a different way through running. And it's kind of always a trip down memory lane for me. That's what makes Miami such a, I think, such a, a special destination for a runner, which is it, it is a city that at different times of year can be anything it want, you, you want it to be. I, I think Miami is constantly uh, reinventing itself for that visitor, for that person, either different stages in life or um, just different moods, right? Like uh, there's, there are runners that come in and we've heard these stories where they, I came to run and I never ran. I actually just went out and the next <laughs> morning I'd stayed in. And, and uh, so they use the marathon as an excuse to visit. And it just so happens to be they partied a little too hard the night before. But I think that's, what's kind of cool about, about Miami that it's, we don't take the running is not taken so serious that you can't come to have a good time and you can't come to even maybe, you know, to a certain degree, you know, dip your toe in the old days kind of thing. You know, when, when you did visit Miami, maybe on spring break or maybe just for, you know, for, for vacation. So, yeah, it's okay. We can say that. We can say that you had fun in Miami. It's true. You That's know, fine. anyone who knows me, I'm not going to lie. I, there was a good part of my life before I got into health and wellness where I was running around partying. So, I was also like in my 20s and 30s. But anyway, Miami for me has been like as a kid, I grew up going there with my grandparents. And then, you know, as an adult, I grew up there going out with my friends and going out to nightclubs. And I did PR for a long time. And then as like, you know, as I got older, I started really getting into health and fitness. And the race has been, it's just, you know, Miami has so many different meanings to me as an athlete, as a person. And even recently, I was there and met with some people who are doing a lot of work with the city, with the coral, and restoring the reef. And I think that there is a lot about Miami that people don't know that's really interesting. And so it can be, so yeah, to your point. If anybody's listening that, yeah, it's amazing, you know, to hear you say that about about other dimensions of Miami with, with regards to to the, the ecology or whether it's uh, um, the parting scene, either either way, I think there's a perfect intersection in Miami. And I, and I always say, that that if we can't figure out all these things in a city like Miami, um, the rest of the world's in trouble, right? Yeah, so I think totally. Miami is a perfect place. It's a perfect place to 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 um, you know to to explore all these different things about a city. And for those that are listening that haven't visited Miami um, in yeah. the last, I don't know, even I would go for I wouldn't go too far back in the last yeah. five years. They're, they're in for a surprise because the city's got a lot more to offer than just. The nightclubs, um, although that's all there. That's all there. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot. I love the race just because I love running through the city and the crowds are great and the cheering and the music and the culture. It's like you just run through all different parts of Miami. So I love that about the race. I have not done the marathon, but I hear that that is also amazing. My partner did the marathon and it's not as flat as the uh, half marathon. <laughs> so. I'm sticking to the half. Yeah. yeah. So how many people do you have running this year in the half marathon? So we closed that at 15,000, 15,000 registrants. We do have the wait list still 
kind of um, uh, there for um, any slots that, that do become available as people let us know that they're deferring or they're canceling or whatnot. Yeah. So we're we're still sort of a, a rolling uh, wait list, but there's 15,000 registered, which is nowhere near our, our yeah. record, our goal. Our record was, was 25,000. And the reason for the reduction was we wanted to make sure it was a good runner experience. Uh, there was some supply issue decisions to be made back in June. So we went ahead and picked that 15,000 number and that's where we're, we're, we're going to be at. And yeah, I think it's going to make for a very comfortable race. Uh, about 70 30 split for between the half and the full like you keep mentioning you know the half is is a favorite for a lot of folks um, I'm a big believer that the half is a favorite because the full exists I think that we we have to acknowledge those 30 percent that do the full because they kind of add to the fact that we can call this marathon weekend uh, but they they sort of pay the the full price <laughs> not not necessarily <laughs> price, just on the literally on the and financial side but they pay the full price <laughs> exactly and figuratively. Yeah. And, and I think that's uh, that's what's kind of unique about our race, that you could do either two, two of the distances and still feel the same accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard wonderful things about both beyond my own experience just doing the half. And it's a great marathon to add to your race mix if you're a marathoner or not. But maybe it's your first marathon. And especially if you are on track to do all the majors, even though it's not a major, it's still an iconic race. Something I'll say about the majors, right? Like we're not a major and the people call us and ask, and obviously, if you know, you should know that, but that we're not, you know, we are part of the Abbott world uh, rankings for, for age groups. But one thing I will say is that there isn't currently a major marathon in, in Latin America. So this is, this is probably the closest, if you wanted to experience, you know, a Spanish speaking major, we can probably <laughs> call us uh, our own version of a major because we, uh, we speak so much uh, Spanish down here. So that's awesome. You'll feel like you're in a Latin American major. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I like that. And also like, what was the thought process around the course since we're talking about this, you know, how awesome it is and both distances. What was your thought process as someone designing the race course and picking the route and putting this all together? So since day one, uh, our, our vision included showing everything that we can possibly show an out-of-towner and be proud of it. Um, and, and that includes views of the water, views of the skyline, touching the two big parts of Miami that everyone knows, either from movies or, or from visits down here, which is the city of Miami and the city of Miami Beach, which are two separate cities and yes. uh, in, in, in separated by a causeway. So we wanted to make sure we touched all that. And, and it, would, it would basically include all the streets you would probably ride in a tour bus, uh, but certainly a better, I think, a better view if you're on the ground running. And, and so the, the logic was we take you to Miami Beach early, see the sunrise over the over the uh the atlantic ocean on on ocean drive that is so awesome that is my favorite favorite part of the race yeah yeah because a lot of a lot of people don't even even as runners we don't appreciate the sunrise uh as much as we probably could and and this is one race that allows you to see that um you hit that ocean drive area if you're one of the mid-pack runners at at a, about the right time to yeah. see that glow and you still have a mix with the the um uh, deco district's um uh neon lights on the buildings so it's a nice uh you know nice view of of palm you know the, the coconut trees and coconut palms rather um having uh having the sun behind them uh, and then we'll take you back over the venetian causeway 
uh, you'll you'll uh, you'll finish if you're doing the half over at, at Bayfront Park in the heart of downtown. Everyone else still has a little bit more to go. Uh, they're doing the full. They're going to go to Coconut Grove. They're going to pass through the Rickenbacker along Key Biscayne, through Brickell, and and back down to downtown Miami. But the second half is more shaded. You do have a couple couple bridges. You do have a you know a, a little climb in Coconut Grove, a gradual climb. But but I did New York, so I know that's where you're at. And New York, we cannot compare. We cannot compare. I did New York, and I did not know that we had those kind of climbs and hills in my city. <laughs> and I trained for it, of course, so I learned it early yeah. on. But yeah. my partner, who hasn't done New York, but she just said, like, Miami is hillier than New York. <laughs> I, did. I, I don't know if I don't know if I can. I don't think I think maybe the heat got the heat and humidity heat got, got her thinking that the, that the hills. I don't know if that I wouldn't go that far. I think I think New York is is. Oh, yeah. I think I think you've got you guys have have us beat on that one. Now, I mean, look, I, I would say I would say even Central Park alone when you're coming back in. That's probably worse than anything we can come up with in Miami. That that part because of where it is. Right. Like you're mile 20 five and a half and you're and you're dragging yourself into Central Park. Right, and so, you have to run up Fifth Avenue, which is a false flat. Correct. And correct. you're like yeah, so, thinking it's over, but it's not. Correct. correct. Right. The last <laughs> few miles. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. thinking, God, where did this come from? But I knew, you know, you know about it. But then until you yeah. do it in that at that stage of uh, suffering or joy, whatever yeah. it is for you, you, you don't really <laughs> realize it. Right. That's correct. But um, but yeah, I mean, they're both awesome races. But yeah, I am. Um, I did do that. That was my first marathon. And it was in 2019. And then I was coming. But we had a small pandemic. How did you get into into running yourself personally that you were so inspired to launch this race? And look, running, running's always been a part of my life since I was 10 years old. Dad took me on a on a run with a friend and I kind of never looked back. Um, I, I've, I found it to be just just the right amount of different from everything else that I saw everyone else doing at the time. Yeah. And and I think it's still kind of the case as, as popular as running's become. I still think it 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 uh, it makes for interesting conversation all the time. It 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 leads you to places you wouldn't otherwise go to. I mean, there's all things, all these great things that I've discovered throughout the years. Um, that initially drawn me in that are still around in, in running your, your own, your, your own coach. If you want to be your, your, your own, you know, you kind of determine your own um, outcome to a certain extent and talent pay, plays less of a role. Uh, so, so I guess I fell into it because of that. And then along the way, I obviously competed in cross country and track and did all the things that, uh, you know, that a high school and collegiate, um, you know, and, uh, in, in, in interested in running person might do. And, um, and then along the way, I was always drawn to the idea of event production. Um, I produced uh, haunted houses when I was in college and high school. And, and I, I just enjoyed the chaos of bringing a lot of people together. Um, I love for, that for different chaos. reasons. It's, yeah. Yeah. Cause it is, it's, it's a little chaotic. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking at a, at a race, you're like, what's why, why would you, you know, why would you bring all these people together? And everyone's kind of looking around, trying to figure things out. Where's the portable toilets? Where's the gear check? It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to, to try to, to, um, you know, uh, be a part of someone's experience on, 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 a, in, in an event that, that involves mass participation. So I, I just, I was drawn through it to that, uh, from a very early age. And then, 
Uh, I coupled that with um, just the love of the sport for what it stood for, um, that it was so accessible. I, I, I think that's probably the, the biggest message and sort of cliche these days, but it is the most democratic of, of just about any, any exercise or sport you can, you can think about. Um, especially now, I think it's, it's just extended itself into, into being the most appealing thing to stay in shape or get in shape or stay healthy. And you can do it pretty much anywhere and, and for the rest of your life without, without any, any, um, any real hiccups to it. And, and I think, you know, going back to, you know, the, I, I think back when, whenever, ever I'm asked that question um, about like, why running, why, why'd you get into it? I, just like everyone else, you got, you get into it because of someone else getting you into it. Right. And I think that's, what's cool about it. It's, it's like, you don't just sit there and you're like, all right, what am I going to do today? And you kind of pick running. It's usually somebody that brings you into it. In my case, it was my dad at 10 years old. And I'm, I don't know what your story is, but I'm assuming you either brought somebody in or you brought you brought you I think I've been both I've done both like when I I yeah. when I think about that question I started running as a form of exercise for fitness and staying in shape when I was in college and I was going to Parsons in New York City so I was here running on the treadmill and then I loved running I love music so sure. I would start with that actually is what got me into running because it was a great way for me to check out new artists and new tracks and yeah. I love dance music. So I would just put that nice. on and listen on the treadmill and run for like 30, 45 minutes a couple times a week. And then I don't know, like different stages of my life. I, I always ran, I would always run. That was my exercise. I could always do it no matter where sure. I was, no matter, no matter what. And then, you know, at a certain point I did meet someone who got me into, into running and to doing races and going beyond sure. my typical like few times a week five miles and then and then I met someone else that got me into triathlon and now I'm a recruiter and I bring everyone into running and triathlon so yeah that's awesome that's, wait you mentioned you said you're into dance music so have you come to Miami for ultra no I so I haven't been to any uh, like big EDM uh, music right. festivals okay. things like that ever I mean I I've come to hear years ago Tiesto and other DJs play yeah. I love that. I haven't done that in, in ages. I feel like it's making a comeback in my life. Yeah, yeah, we gotta have you gotta have Miami. It's a big part of Miami culture and I know. stuff like that. Yeah, and and actually, you know, you know who does run a cascade? I mean, if, if it if that name means anything to you, but he comes to Miami and runs uh, a few times. Uh, oh, really? Here, so, yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love Cascade. I mean, now I'm like into Dead Mouth. Nice. I, I definitely nice. am on the EDM track, but I love making playlists for races that are like depending on where they are so miami i have a fun playlist that starts off with la isla bonita by madonna <laughs> does the playlist include any pitbull for sure all right good then then it is a miami playlist and some like maybe i'll put in some like remix like gloria estefan you know <laughs> who knows i love it i, I love know. it well you run by her island so yeah so you can kind of see her house out in the distance as you pass uh Mile three. Mile oh, mile three. three. All right, cool. And then when did you start the Brickell Run Club? Because it sounds like you've been obviously running your whole life. And was it around the same time as the marathon? Not that far. No, not that far back, actually. Um, I started I started this realizing that Miami's running scene was uh, a little different than than you you probably have in, in some other cities. Uh, in 2009, we... Um, we realized that um, Miami had traditional running clubs, but didn't have a social 
um, uh, running scene and, and Miami being that I, th- I think, and I still believe this is social in, in nature, just by its environment and its, and its, um, uh, climate and so forth. We needed to make sure that there was a social draw to, to running. And so we identified that in 2009. I happened to, to, to be tied into to Nike back then and, uh, and still, still am, but, um, we started the Nike run club in South beach, uh, on Lincoln road and, um, with a couple runners and swelled from there to, to nights of a couple hundred. And then we moved on to, to the Brickle area, which is, um, in kind of outside the heart of, the, of downtown Miami. And it's more of the residential area of, of, uh, of downtown. And, um, that club grew to become what is, what is called now the world's largest uh, weekly run club. And it's free. It's not membership driven. It's, it's in entirely like no there's no strings attached you call you you just see us on instagram and you show up on a tuesday night and you're going to be running uh, alongside three four or five hundred people that's awesome um on on, yeah. on any tuesday night so uh so yeah so the, the running scene here in in, in uh, south florida in general i think has has kept that that social identity if, if you will like running is not the best part kind of that's more of our of our tagline and it's not that we don't run and it's not like we don't have fast runners and stuff but the 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 attraction really to the masses is that this is everyone's uh run club so you don't have to be fast you don't have to have like some people call me and they're like oh how how far do I have to go? We're like, well, it's an out and back course. You can go as far as you want, but there's no prerequisites. You don't have to be fast. This is this is like the beginners and advanced runners uh, home on a Tuesday night. And that's what Brickle's become. I think that's so, great yeah. about running that everybody can do it together, even if you're not the same pace. Like I was thinking about that the other day, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's and like and the way we actually... yeah. Absolutely. And the way we, we, since the beginning, we've set up our run club to send out the, the sexy pace or the first pace first. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then everyone else, uh, from there all the way through the fastest last. And some people kind of think it's backwards. I'm like, no, cause when everyone finishes, they're going to finish more or less together. Right. And, and then at that point, everyone becomes the same again. Like that's the cool part. After you're done with a race, yeah, you or a run for that matter. Nobody's nobody's just you know kind of segmented by oh these are the fast guys and the fast girls get away from me I'm the slow one. It all just kind of mixes um, you know with with one another. I mean, uh, so I think you're right. Yeah, everyone's kind of still together pushing for the same in the same direction. And so every it meets so it meets every Tuesday night in Brickell. Yeah, it's on Instagram on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, on Instagram we've uh, we we like, we're rain or shine. We're always there. 7 p.m. Uh, it's powered by Nike, so sometimes we have uh, some some shoe trials or some activations with Nike. We've, we've, we're title sponsored by the local, um, uh, I shouldn't say they're that local because they're a regional hospital down here, which is Baptist Health. And they um, they provide us with uh, with a lot of support that allows us to have pacers and coaches and um, a whole bunch of things that make it feel like you're getting a lot for no money because you're not right. spending anything. So you're, you're definitely uh, getting a, a hell of an experience. Uh, a lot of folks, when they come to Miami, this is like their, their way to integrate with a city, make some friends and, well, that's a great and, idea. and stay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's just a, drop into a run. It's a good first drop stop. In, right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Yes. Last night, last night we had a run and, and there was uh, we, I always ask them like, where are you guys from? And there's some people, you know, are, most of them are locals, but uh, last night we had Philly, Boston, and then the girl raised her hand. She goes, I'm from Russia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you know, you, you, 
you have everybody visiting Miami, you know, so it's, it's such a destination. And what do you love about running? I mean, obviously, this is your life. I, that That's kind of evolved throughout my sort of running career, my event running career. Um, I love that I could I can do it with different people. Like, I, I think that like and, and I have a different experience every time when I do it with different groups of people. And I and I don't like to run alone. Um, the only time you'll catch me running alone is I like to head out to the Everglades. If, you have, if you've never been to the Everglades, there's, there's something really cool about it, but not everyone sees that. I have never been to the Everglades, but I recently learned that you can explore through a special swamp vehicle. But I would encourage you to go see that because a lot of people come to Miami and all they think we have is boats, clubs, and hotels. You got the Everglades, a national park that touches another national park because we got two national parks, Biscayne National Park yeah. and the Everglades. And I go out there and I love running on the trails. I, that's sometimes I'll, I'll do those runs by myself. I like to ride gravel out there as well, you know, on, on my bike. But that might be the only time you catch me alone. Um, the southernmost, I'll give you maybe this, this will be fun for, for your listeners. So the southernmost point of the United States, as far as contiguous, so, you know, uh, not connected by a bridge, is East Cape, which is basically the southern tip of the Everglades. We made it out there on foot and swimming, which is a little, a little, a little dangerous. You have to cross a little canal, but down there, that might be the only place where I've gone running with a big group or kind of a sizable group. But this is, this is a, a, a little known fact that East Cape is the southernmost uh, point of the contiguous uh, United States. Anyhow, side fact. Have you ever seen a panther? I know this is their habitat. Well, my, my goal in life, like when people ask me like, what's your, what are your bucket lists? And I, you know, I, I'm not that great at, at giving lists. But one of them is actually to see a panther in the wild. Like, like that is, it's one of the most elusive animals you can never, like every so often somebody sees one and it's like huge, a big deal. I mean, there's cameras obviously out there set up, but, but to see one in person, like actually run by and see a, a Florida panther is just one of those, like my wife makes fun of me. She's like, oh my God, the day you see a panther, that's it. That's the end of your life. And I'm like, I hope not, but... <laughs> But um, I'm so like when I go out there, I try to go up. I try to go out late, late, either late at night or not late at night, but er, late afternoon or early morning, which are your biggest chances of seeing one because they're That's nocturnal. That's where you run in the Everglades, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. It's one of the reasons why. What would you do if you saw a panther? I would take if I, I'll take my phone out and take a photo or whatever. But it you would wouldn't just be, be like, like so scared. Moment. Like they're so territorial. No, I don't think they've. I don't know of any history of them attacking anybody. So it, supposedly they're really shy and they they. They're timid. There's only 256 of them left yeah. in, in, and there are success stories. So there's all this, this, uh, I don't know, there's all this stuff about why the, the Florida Panther has been brought back and, and so forth, but still only 256 in millions of acres. So your chances are slim. I honestly like discovered so much about Miami in the past few months that I had not known. Thanks to my new friend and future podcast guest, Catherine Fleming from the Reefline organization and Bridge. Yeah, look, Biscayne Bay, Biscayne Bay. Uh, I'm sure she's she's entrenched in that along along with all the the reef restoration that's taking place along government cut. But Biscayne Bay is is something that I think the entire country has to pay attention to because if we can't uh, um, you know put Biscayne Bay back together, yeah, uh, because it's in, it's in pretty bad shape. We've had die-offs. We've had uh, we've had tons of pollution coming from the septic tanks. We've got 
cruise ship and dredging and everything that's happened out out on government cut. If we can't fix Biscayne Bay, we've got some serious problems in the, in, yeah. in the United States on our shorelines. So I'm I'm all in. Our, our medal last year, our, our virtual medal, yeah. was a tribute to Biscayne Bay. We had a coral piece. We had a, um, a whole bunch of, uh, of inspired um, elements to uh, to the medal that came from from uh, bringing awareness to Biscayne Bay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's another great thing about running is that you can, like, learn so much and discover a city just beyond just, like, the sites, but, like, the culture and, you know, what's going on, and especially in this day and age, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Very true. So you don't run alone. That's interesting. Yeah, I I like, look, like I said, I'll run with the high school team that I coach. I'll run with the run clubs. I'll run with my wife. Um, I'll run with friends. I run with the mayor. Quite, yeah. We we uh, we spend some time uh, running through the city quite quite a bit. Um, I'll run with just about anybody. If somebody calls me up and says, "Hey, let's go for a run," I rarely turn them down. Like, yeah. And and in Miami, the only the only catch though is that don't don't call somebody for, to go for a run in, at noon um, because it's it's pretty darn warm. So it's either mornings or afternoons. I'm running with somebody. That's sure. awesome. I've been thinking about uh, putting up a post on my Facebook page because I don't really like conform to run club times for my own running. But I, my eight yeah. mile freezing run yesterday, I don't really like running by myself. Like if it's like a short thing and I have speed work, I'm good doing it by myself. It'd be great to, you know, you had a lot of friends that lived in the city that moved some of them to Miami that, you know, <laughs> during the pandemic. You can't wait. There's an extra borough down here for sure. I was going to like recruit some runners in my neighborhood to go. 10 o'clock is my ideal running time any day of the week, no matter, you know, I'm running my own business over here, whether it's doing the podcast or marketing PR stuff. So I can run, you know, I have to go with my schedule Mm -hmm. and that's usually like a downtime for me. So that's when I usually run or at seven at night when my day is over and then it's kind of inside on the treadmill. What are some great places to stay for anyone who's coming to Miami to do the race this this year in February on the 6th? So we've got um, something convenient, I would say, about the, the race format is that the start and finish lines are close to each other. Yeah. So you don't have to say, well, do I want to do I want to stay close to the start or close to the finish? You don't really have to worry about that because they're within walking distance of each other, or running distance of each other. Uh, so you can stay in downtown. Uh, or or the Brickell area, and that gets you close to the start and finish. If you do want to be close to, say, the Expo, then you would stay over in South Beach uh, or, or or the Mid Beach area, and and uh, get a beach experience. It all depends what your sort of intention is with Miami. If you're looking for something after the run, you know, having to do with hanging out on the beach, then I would say stay on on South Beach, stay on Ocean Drive, stay. Um, in that mid beach area, there's, we've got so many hotel hotels, uh, yeah. you know, to choose from that, that you weren't, we're almost New York in that sense that you, you can get a, you know, mid, mid range hotel, you can get a less expensive hotel. We've got, we've got it all, um, high end hotels. Now there's quite, quite a bit, especially in that, in that brickle area. Yeah. Uh, some people then like to stay a little bit off the beaten path more in the, in the area where maybe the locals might, might be hanging out. So coconut Grove is another option that has a few hotels nearby, and then there are those folks that like to get in, get out, and those folks tend to stay yeah. by the airport. Yeah, which you've got, got some nice hotels there too. Any great new restaurants that you're that you're loving? I got my wife would kill me. She's a she's a dietitian, so she's like the the she picks the restaurants. I'm I'm more of like I like to just go to my usual spots and stuff like that. 
So I, I, I don't know on the new restaurant side, um, there's a restaurant called Chi in, in, in the, in Brickle that, that we enjoy going to. It's a friend of mine who's a runner. So I, I tend to support him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's over at, um, at, at this area they call Br the Brickle city center. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, and then if you're looking for, for Italian the night before and you're staying north and this is a little further off than than anybody that's staying downtown or or um in the brickle area but in north there's a little area called north bay village i like this little restaurant called og's it's o-g-g-i um and um it's a little italian shop that since beginning of my running life i've always gone to for quote unquote carb loading and uh and i think they they do some good stuff homemade pasta and just just uh, a no frills place, just yeah. cool spot. That's cool. Those are great recommendations. And then when like speaking of like nutrition, is there a typical temperature of the race that people should think about like their hydration, nutrition on the course? Yeah. So if you're look, if you're doing the half marathon, I, I don't think you have to worry about the heat and humidity really taking too much of a toll on you because the race starts at six AM in the morning. Typical uh average temperatures down here have been in the mid to high sixties. Humidity during that time of the year is relatively low, although it does kind of peak a little bit there about 6.45 to 7.15 in the morning where, where you might find the humidity kind of coming up, creeping up a bit. But the uh, race has had a race in the 40s, yeah, which um, uh, some people said was too cold. And then, uh, and then we've had, we've had a few races that, you know, if you're doing the marathon, uh, are, are creeping into the mid seventies and the yeah. humidity's pretty, pretty warm. So I, I tell folks your, your 22 aid stations are there for a reason. Right. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're not necessarily to be hit every single mile for, right. for you if you're not used to that, but certainly make use of, of them, uh, even before you get, you get to that point where you feel thirsty. Uh, so a little bit, a little bit, you know, at every aid station won't kill you. Uh, but what will kill you is if you skip four or five of them, yeah. you know, cause come, come mile, you know, seven or eight, Miami will get under your skin for sure. And, and if, uh, and if you're not from here, you've got to respect the humidity. It takes, it's, it's our altitude, you know, you take some acclimatizing to, uh, just, I, I don't know. I, I would say pay attention to the weather, you know, nothing, nothing is, is guaranteed, but our weather has been pretty mild for, for a half marathoner, the full marathoners, you do have some shade second half of your course. Mm -hmm. So you'll have some reprieve, but definitely prepare yourselves for something a little warmer than, you know, than, uh, than you might be used to if you're coming from the Northeast. Yeah. Especially layering. I need to get that. I've, I'll never be able to nail that. I, I don't think I, it's not in my journey. No matter what I do, I do it wrong. No matter what. Layering here, I would say, is probably just, a, you know, a, one top, you know, a T-shirt or, yeah. or a long sleeve shirt that you toss. So you're not really having to shed too much. The, the start line itself can get a little cool. You know, that you get a, if you get a little breeze off the, off the bay, it, it's so certainly you want to bring something for the start line and then shed right then and there. We'll take it and give it to uh, our homeless uh, charities uh, up the road. There's no perfect way to get the layering thing down. So yeah, I, I would okay, agree. Good. I don't feel I don't feel so bad about it. Yeah. Who are some of your partners on the race course, like for nutrition and hydration this year? So we're we're with Gatorade, good and bad. I think uh for for, for you know some folks, I know that some folks are get real particular and so forth, but uh our Gatorade's been great to us and uh you it's accessible so you can train with it. 
it's pretty pretty easy to come by and and most races uh carry the same flavor we've got although i i learned this that certain places in latin america don't have lemon lime but i feel like lemon lime is like the flavor for races in the united states i don't know if that was by design with with gatorade but ours is lemon lime uh it's the endurance formula so i i, I think um it's a little more concentrated so just be prepared for that and um our gels are gatorade and then uh what else we got we have uh we have some fruit along the way but for the most part those are those are your big things i think chiquita banana might might be out there as well on a couple couple spots that that about covers your your on course nutrition we have two spots where the gels are available uh one at mile i want to say it's mile eight and your second one is probably closer to mile 15 or 16. Awesome. And then what about strategy, run strategy, like your coach? I mean, this is, this is your, in your DNA. Hey, on the strategy side, I, I hate to go back to Hills because I feel like everyone's going to leave here thinking Miami some hilly place, but your, your first, your first, uh, four miles involve the two tallest Hills you'll climb, which are basically the two bridges. Uh, So start off easy. Yeah. you know, take, take it, take it easy. Enjoy the cruise ships. They're coming in, they're, they're doing their thing. They're actually, par- I call it parallel parking, but she has a better term. They're docking. Uh, and, and those, those sites that you're coming over the MacArthur Causeway taking in, pay attention to those rather than trying to, you know, front load your, your, your race and, and, uh, and kill your legs coming up and over those bridges. Cause they, they will come back to haunt you in our, in our race, people, People sort of discount them, especially if you're out of town. You're like, that wasn't a bridge. That wasn't a hill. But I'm right, like, yeah, but if it, if it hits you at a half mile into the race and you're not warmed up, it's going to come back and haunt you later. And it hits you. So the first bridge hits you at about a half mile. Your second bridge hits you at roughly three to three and a half. And, and then you have a few little humps on the Venetian. But for, for the most part, those are your, those are your um, uh, you know, first three or four miles with, with, uh, with a hill or a couple hills. Besides that, I would say strategy. Let's see what else is specific to Miami. You got to pay attention a little bit to the wind. You might have to kind of sit behind somebody because the wind does come off the east sometimes during that time of the year. You're for again, first four miles are pretty, pretty key to making your race. After that, I think you're you're okay. That's great advice. I was trying to remember because when you say hills, like I love hills. I mean, for me, that's fun. It kind of mixes the race up. But, you know, hills are I guess, subjective, right? Like some people, like I live in New York, so three incline on the treadmill is a hill. But, um, yeah. you know, for people that live in upstate New York or in the mountains, you know, that's the flat. So, right, it's totally subjective. I think it's like a four. Yeah, I, look, I, I personally love the, the the bridges because it gives me the best view of the city. And I, I don't know, I feel like inspired when you get to the top. There's a 6% grade on our first bridge on the, on the MacArthur. Uh, so it's not, too steep it's i think you get caught up in the excitement and you should be you should be fine so i don't want to scare anybody but keep it you know respect it yeah that's totally it. i'll be binging my uh hill and hit classes on peloton for the next four weeks <laughs> uh got it that's my that's my jam and and yeah. one one and this isn't necessarily strategy but this is more you know the nuance of our race we don't have double-sided aid stations at all of our spots uh, it's just the, the width of the road may not lend to itself, other permit restrictions. So you might always have to kind of look ahead and say, I'm moving all the way. To-. Most of the time it's on your right, but just be aware that it, it isn't double-sided everywhere. We've improved on that a little bit, but there's only so much we're allowed to do. Uh, and then the other thing, and this is just 
instructional more than more than a, a tip. You're half in your full marathon splits. Yes. <laughs> and every year I get an email from somebody that went a little too far at 12.8 miles when you got it 12 12.5 start thinking about it. You start kind of looking for that split mm-hmm. and when that split happens your full marathoner stay right, your half marathoner stay left. So keep your head up, listen to the volunteers, listen to the audio that's in, on record there and playing Half marathoners to your left and full to your right. So don't get caught in that. I remember that. I have the visual because I am the person who will go the wrong way. So I <laughs> I remember that from the last time. I think it was 2018 that I did the Miami half. That's great advice. I'm so excited to come down and and do the race. So as someone who's a runner, you're in the business of running and events What are some lessons that you take from running that have inspired you in your life and business and other realms of your life, I would say? I live by uh, two, you can call it a hashtag these days, but I live by two words, don't stop. And the the, similar to, I guess, your your, your, uh, podcast, right? Um, In that, this idea that that if you kind of let up, you might lose momentum in life, right? And I, I tend to think that when and the, and the pose I actually have that goes with this um, uh, hashtag, and I, I kind of, I, I deliberately thought this through. I haven't won many races in my in my running career. I'm not the fastest runner, but I paid attention to a lot of people that have crossed finish line, and at first in first place, and they usually stretch their arms out kind of out out wide and and you know put their chest in and and they cross the line and they slow down and so I, this idea that every finish line shouldn't be where you end right like every finish line should just kind of almost push you through to the next start line or the next event or the next race or the next business and and i've i've you know, you can, you can almost liken it to riding a bike. If you slow down too much, you fall over. Same thing. I think for running, if you slow down, you're going to get past, you're going to, you're going to have a slower time and whatnot. So got to keep yourself moving. So I live by this, this idea that a runner is probably the best example of someone that doesn't stop. Like just keep the legs moving, keep the, keep the, even if it's a shuffle, but you got to keep moving. And, and so I've applied that to business, applied that to family life, applied that to everything you can possibly think of. And, and it's led to some success. Other times, maybe I should have stopped <laughs> and, and, and thought some things through. But for the most part, I think, I think you're better off just kind of, you know, life's a little too short, I think, uh, you know, to, to be stopping every, every single time, whether you've had a, just a success or a failure moment, just keep, keep moving. So I've used that. And, and yeah, I think even, even through training, you have to practice You can't just kind of, I, maybe one of the reasons why I'm so hard headed on not stopping has to be the, the notion that a runner in our training itself, we're taught, don't stop, don't slow down, don't, you know, don't let up. And, and I think that's always carried into, uh, race planning, production, marketing, PR, whatever, whatever it is that we're doing associated with a race. So. You have to keep moving yeah. forward. Like I totally, that is my, that is exactly how I think. I mean, you do. Because it's hard. It's, it's hard to, to start up again. Uh, you know, um, I think uh, Tin Man, I'm sure you've heard the, the name Tin Man in, in, in the running world. He has something similar with a snowball. And, you know, the, the idea that it's, you know, keep the ball rolling. Yeah. 
I think I think all for some reason all the running related you know folks have more or less the same idea, and I think yeah. it's it's uh, applicable to business, yeah, and, I, and personal life. So, like speaking of keeping moving, right? We're like meeting, we're doing this race February sixth, twenty twenty two in Miami. Right. And how are you mm-hmm. keeping things moving? How are you navigating through the pandemic and COVID? And what are your protocols for the race moving forward? I gotta say, I'm glad we're in Florida, and because because I feel like uh, we're we're a little more tolerant here of the sort of situation and and i mean tolerant not that we're tolerant of people dying or anything like that but i mean tolerant of the fact that this is here to 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 deal with rather than just kind of stop life and so we've been now through this for over two years basically we're coming up on two years of um of talking a lot about plans and so forth and and one of the things obviously you can you can you, you already heard which is the the field itself is a little a little more spread out so i think that whether whether deliberately by design on on things or having to do like we said through right. the supply chain or 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 just general runner experience that's going to make it for a safer a safer experience yeah. the convention hall uh you will be required to wear masks we um have obviously all the all the questions being uh, sent through runner instructions and so forth, asking people to stay home if they're sick. We've got all the options on deferment, on transfers, on cancellations, all these things to to encourage people not to make the wrong decision when it comes to 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 being at a race. We're paying attention to anything that we're we're being told, you know, here locally or 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 at the state level. Uh, and uh, right now, things are are moving moving forward. Uh, we have got no uh, no reason to slow down at this point. And um, you know, lifetime as a as a company, we're we're committed to the health and well being of our of our runners. So we're not going to do anything to to jeopardize that. Um, and and that's I think running is part of the answer here. You know. So and I, I and I want us to make sure we're we are part of the solution. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like what I'll probably do is like while I'm in the corral, I'll probably wear a mask. Right. That's my own safety protocol. And then once I kind of break free from everyone, I'll take it off and get into the run. But I mean, because that's just like my own thing. But I think, you know, you can do whatever you want, but I don't think you can get it outside. So we're good. I'm not a scientist, but I don't think you can either. And and I'm going to get it anywhere. I'm willing to take the chance of getting it out doing something healthy like running especially at a, at a, at a race or a destination like this one. And something else I'll tell, you know, folks that are listening that are coming down or hesitant, even for that matter in Miami, we're not judging anybody. And so if you don't want to wear it or you do want to wear it at the start line, nobody's going to think twice. This is, this, this is what Miami is sort of known for as, as pretentious as we might come across and into fashion and to things, you know, of, of, of the nightlife world. When it's come to this stuff, I haven't seen anybody, you know, being uh, overly, you know, judging or critical of, of what someone else's decision is. So bring that hopefully to, you know, to the, to the listeners. Right. And obviously your priority is to keep everyone safe. That's correct. Yeah. This has been awesome. I'm so glad that we connected. Likewise. Likewise. Well, when you're here, make sure that somehow or another we say hi, whether it's at the expo or, or it's, uh, you know, some, somewhere along the way. Thanks again for tuning into Marnie on the move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download. 
to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, moneyonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.